Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rural Spark. I'm your host, Helen Murphy. As we continue to look for and share stories about solutions in rural healthcare delivery, we've noticed there's a lot of innovation coming out of Renfrew County in Eastern Ontario. And that includes an early and very nimble response to the COVID-19 pandemic called the Virtual Triage Assessment Centre. That's a new system that's helping get patients the assessments and the primary care that they need quickly. And we have one of the driving forces behind getting it established, Dr. Jonathan Fitzsimon, with us today to tell us the story. Hello, Dr. Fitzsimon, and welcome to the Rural Spark podcast. Hello, I'm very grateful to have the chance to talk to you today. Terrific. Well, we all know that healthcare systems are not typically fast to change, but as I understand from your experiences and a few other things we've heard about, COVID-19 has made uh, that happen more often, has made healthcare systems more nimble in some cases out of necessity. When the pandemic started, of course, there was widespread concern about how to protect ERs from overcrowding and how patients would have doctor's appointments. So in Renfrew County, where you are, uh, I know that you uh, helped to get a new model up and running together with various other stakeholders, which you can tell us about called a Virtual Triage Assessment Centre. Can you tell us how that works? Sure. Well, in Renfrew County, we have some very specific challenges to our area. So Renfrew County is the largest geographic county in Ontario. So it covers an area of around 7,500 square kilometres. So it's huge. And the population is around 107,000 people. Um, there are sort of towns uh, dotted across the county, so there is a, an urban population, but there are also many people that live in more rural and remote and indeed a, a First Nation community uh, within the county. So it's very diverse and in many cases it's sparsely populated. So when we got the direction and realised that we needed centres to do COVID-19 testing back in March, uh, we realised that what would work for a city population where literally tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people could live within uh, a few minutes drive of a fixed location, that wasn't going to work for us. So we had to try something different so that everyone or all members of the county, all members of the community would be able to access assessment and testing for COVID-19. There is an additional complicating factor for Renfrew County, and that is like many parts of Canada uh, and Ontario, we do not have fair and equal representation for, for primary care. So uh, approaching a quarter of the population do not have a family physician. Mm-hmm. And what makes matters worse for us is that there are no walk-in centres or urgent care clinics in, in the county. So many thousands of people end up relying on an emergency department to have any sort of access to primary care. And as you mentioned, you know, one of the things when when the COVID pandemic became clear was to protect our emergency departments. We did not want lots of people potentially with COVID, and we still do not want these people congregating in an emergency department waiting room. That's not good for them, it's not good for the community, and it's not good for the healthcare providers. And the same applies for our 911 paramedics. We want to keep them to respond to genuine emergencies. So that's where we started talking about the idea of a a virtual triage system and then have an assessment process that could protect the emergency department and the 911 paramedics, 
but still give all members of the community access to the care that they need. You know, we didn't want anybody at home suffering in silence. And that was uh, a real sort of important tagline that, that we wanted to adhere to throughout the whole process. There had to be another phone number, did there? Like people are used to calling their yeah. doctor's office or 911. Yeah, exactly. No, and and that was that was kind of where we landed. That we wanted to keep it simple, and so a, a single free phone telephone number was was the the simple starting point for the patients. And so we do say, we you know we do encourage people. Look, if you have an urgent healthcare problem, the first thing you do is call your family doctor. But if you don't have a family doctor or you can't access your family doctor. Now you have this extra option. You can call the VTAC, the Virtual Triage Assessment Centre. And we have the ability, as well as doing all of the COVID-19 testing, and I can perhaps talk a little bit more about that side of things. But in terms of uh, family physician assessment, if you call that number, you will be given a telephone appointment with a family physician, one of the VTAC family physicians, to deal with the urgent health issue to prevent you having to go to the emergency department or suffer in silence at home. Right. And who's answering those calls, Dr. Fitzsimon? And and can some things actually be addressed, simple things at that point? Yeah, so we've really tried to adopt a, a layered approach to what we do. So the first point of contact is a trained medical receptionist. So all of the, the receptionists that, that work the VTAC phones are also experienced medical receptionists. These people work in doctor's offices and they're used to taking calls from patients, listening to the first concern of the patient, helping where they can and, and redirect if, if it's appropriate um, to whether it's to websites or to other information sources, or in some cases, redirecting the, the patient immediately to the emergency department you know we still do get people that call because they're having chest pains or they think mm. they're having a stroke and you know they're not going to be given an appointment with a doctor in an hour or two the, the receptionist tells them straight away what they need to do in terms of getting emergency care so having a trained receptionist as the first port of call has been a key part to our success and then if the patient does need a, a, an appointment with a physician, then the receptionist will book them into the schedule so they know what time they're going to get a call back from the doctor that day. Right. And what are the early indicators? I say early, we're, you know, well into, I guess we're prepping into a second wave of uh, the pandemic now, but what indicators do you have so far of how well this is working, how people are using it and how it is protecting the ER? Yeah, so we, when we got to the end of August, we passed the 10,000 appointment mark. So that was uh, family physician appointments, over 10,000 of them from March 27 when we launched uh, through to the end of August. We've also done, again, at the end of August, we passed the 10,000 mark for uh, COVID-19 tests. And I mentioned that we were having all of the COVID-19 testing done by VTAC. That's actually done by the community paramedics and the paramedic service of Renfrew County has been a, a, an absolutely integral part of VTAC. And so they do all of the testing, most of which is done through drive through sites across this across the county. So we can have that reach to all parts of the county. And so people can get to a reasonably closely located testing site. And our paramedics are the, are the people that do that. 
So over 10,000, and I and I mentioned that it was the end of August because early in September, of course, is back to school. Mm. And like many other parts of uh, uh, of Canada, what we have seen in the last few weeks is, is that those numbers have uh, have skyrocketed, and we've doubled and then doubled again our capacity over the last couple of weeks to try and accommodate the the surge in need of COVID testing as uh, as children have gone back to school and more people have developed symptoms that can be compatible with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Is, is the VTAC system actually helping the community to manage that increase, that doubling and tripling that we're seeing in, in lots of different communities? I know some people are, you know, waiting four and five hours outside for uh, tests. Are, are you able to mitigate some of that in, in Renfrew County with the system? Yeah, absolutely. And that's where our system really came into its own over the last couple of weeks. Because as you say, we've seen across many parts of the country, people having to wait you know, the entire day in line for a test. And in some cases, you know, at some of the, the, the sort of fixed location sites, they've got to the end of the day and then they've been turned away because mm-hmm. they've, they've reached their capacity. So what we do by having the, the, the medical receptionist, by having the virtual uh, system, they call first and we do the scheduling over the phone. So people know what day and time is available to them for their test. And so if you're told come tomorrow to your town at 10 a.m., that's your sort of time window. The paramedics are aiming to to have that person in, registered, tested and on their way within 30 minutes. So we've been able to avoid those very long lineups. You know, essentially your wait time is at home. You know, because if you mm-hmm. call this morning, it might not be, you know, we might not be able to get you tested today. It might be the next day. Or as we've increased our capacity, you know, we, we're we conscious of the fact that sometimes it's been a day or two before we've been able to offer a site. We've worked hard to increase that capacity, but at least you're not stood in line with your children in a, at a testing center. You know, you know when your your slot is, you drive up, you don't even get out of your car and you're uh, you're tested and then you're on your way within 30 minutes. Yeah, it's a big difference from what uh, people, the frustrations we're hearing from other communities. The community, the paramedic model, is that, and it's something I'm, I'm not familiar with uh, where I'm from in rural Nova Scotia, but is it something that is fairly new in, in Renfrew County? And how integral is this to the whole approach of uh, treating, uh, responding to COVID-19 in Renfrew County? So we've been fortunate in that we have a, a very innovative chief of the paramedic service, Chief Mike Nolan, who has a fantastic team behind him as well. And one thing that we have done over the last few years in Renfrew County is try to integrate and coordinate and cooperate better between primary care, so family doctors, and community paramedicine. And so we have had projects and programs, one of which is called Health Links, um, was originally called Health Links, and that enabled us to identify people with very high healthcare needs, multiple chronic diseases, and have the community paramedics link in with the family physician to give an extra layer of support for for those people at home. So by those sort of um, projects taking shape over the last few years, we've definitely been able to um, form relationships and partnerships so that when COVID hit and we realised that um, paramedics, family physicians, hospitals, public health and all the other healthcare providers had to come together quickly 
I think in Renfrew County, we were, if not uniquely placed, certainly incredibly well placed to just build on those relationships and bring those people together to the table quickly to, to enable this response to the pandemic. So you already had that cooperative culture in the healthcare system that's, that's really needed if you want to do these kinds of innovative things. Absolutely. You know, the cooperation and the coordination between all of the different healthcare providers, particularly primary care and, and community paramedicine, um, but, but also with public health and the hospitals and, and all the other aspects of healthcare that exists in the county, that ability to just pick up the phone or as it rapidly became turn on the zoom meeting to have those people together you know at the same virtual table meant that we could do this quickly and as we realized that there were little snags and there were problems and there were things that needed to be adjusted we were able to do that quickly and the whole process could evolve and uh, improve over a very short period of time I just wanted to take a moment here to thank our sponsor, ExploreNet. Rural broadband is getting a lot of attention these days, and ExploreNet has been a champion for rural Canadians for over 15 years. With their nationwide network, no matter where you choose to live, ExploreNet can keep you connected to what matters. If you want to find out more about what ExploreNet services are available in your area, check out their website at ExploreNet.com. That's X-P-L-O-R-N-E-T dot com. Well, one thing that I'm really interested about with the VTAC system is just how quickly that seemed to turn from an idea and discussion to actual, you know, it's actually in place and it's happening. So part of that would have been from that, you know, collaborative culture you mentioned. But what about the bureaucratic aspect too? Like, how do you get something turned around that fast from idea discussion to practice? And how much did the the culture of being open to change during COVID-19, how important was that to making it happen? I think it was the overriding issue. It was the openness to cooperate that made this happen. You know, I'm not going to say this is a perfect system that we have here. You know, small towns, small communities have their own sort of politics, just like sort of large towns and cities do as well. So there are elements of silos of working, as we talk about people doing, you know, part of their work in isolation. Mm -hmm. That still exists here. There is still an element of that. But what we found is that within Renfrew County, and I think part of it is because of the nature of the people, the fact that we've had many of these projects over the years, is that we were able to put that aside instantly. You know, not over time. We put it aside instantly. Mm -hmm. And literally within a day or two, the leadership table was getting together on a daily basis and meeting. Within a few days, we had the genesis of this idea And by the end of the week, the idea was formed and we were putting it as a proposal to the Ministry of Health. It got approved over the weekend. And then the following week, we had a couple of days to really put the system together, to test it, to trial it. And by the end of that week, we were live. It was 12 days from meeting number one to going live to the public. That's incredible. And I wonder, you know, you can't help but think about what are the larger implications of this. So what are your thoughts, given your experience on how this kind of virtual triage model might be able to help address the shortage of doctors in rural Canada more broadly, and perhaps also manage rising healthcare costs? Yeah, it's a really, really important point. It's a good question. I, I, I guess one of the things I want to make clear is that, you know, I'm a family physician. I am passionate about primary care. I think everybody should have access to a family physician. VTAC does not replace primary care. And I've 
always sort of said that from day one. We are not doing full spectrum, all aspects of primary care. Right. So when I say full spectrum primary care, I'm talking about health promotion and um, disease prevention. I'm talking about chronic disease management. And I'm also talking about acute episodic care. You know, you wake up, you you've got symptoms, you think you've got a urine infection, you know, that's an, an, an acute issue. It only happens from time to time. You want it solved today. That's acute episodic care. Of course, it's part of what I do day to day as a family physician, but this is what VTAC is focused on. VTAC mm-hmm. is able to provide acute episodic care to people who would otherwise have to go to the emergency department. So, you know, the, the sort of the fallout of, of your question on that is what about those other two aspects? You know, health promotion, disease prevention and chronic disease management are integral to people's health. And, you know, when you look at it from the financial side of things, it's a- absolutely key to managing healthcare costs. And I'm also, you know, I said I'm a passionate family doc. I'm also passionate about universal healthcare. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it really pains me when I call some patients and 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 you realize that there are patients you're talking to that haven't had a family doctor for 10, 15, 20 years. And that's insane because mm-hmm. these people are developing chronic diseases or they have a chronic disease which is really poorly managed. So that has a huge impact on them and their quality of life. But it also costs the system over time hugely because you know, I use the example of a diabetic foot ulcer. You know, somebody turns up in the emergency department because uh, they have uh, an infected ulcer in their foot due to diabetes, uncontrolled diabetes. That person could get admitted to hospital. They're going to need expensive medications. They're going to need home care once they're discharged from hospital. There's even a risk that people can die from that condition because of sepsis. Whereas if you have a family doctor who's helping to manage your diabetes, then you can monitor and help control that condition so that that foot ulcer never develops. And if you come back a step further, if you've had good access to to a family doctor um, over over the course of your life, hopefully that health promotion and disease prevention would have meant that you never developed diabetes in the first place. So that's where I think the, the key is giving people access to primary care. Now, can VTAC evolve? Have we learned lessons about virtual care, doing telephone and video appointments with patients, having a doctor work remotely, but having other healthcare professionals available in the community and community paramedics available to do calls, uh, house calls at patients' home? Yes, we have learned those lessons. You know, what I'm talking about is a sort of virtual family health team. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is a stepping stone. You know, I would love to say to everyone, yeah, absolutely. You can have a clinic in your community. There's a group of family doctors there. You can sign up with your family doctor in your hometown. That would be the perfect ideal. But I'm also realistic. Many of these sort of more remote and rural communities can't recruit family doctors. So maybe a good stepping stone is to say, look, you have a family doctor who works remotely. You have virtual appointments with them, but we use healthcare professionals in your community. We use community paramedics. We use digital equipment and new technology so that, um, you know, perhaps a nurse who's in in an exam room with the patient close to their home is using some digital equipment that the doctor can see and listen to whilst they're sat 
you know, many miles away, but linked in uh, with, with a video or a telephone link. So there are things we've learned from VTAC. I do think there's a way for it to evolve, but I'm also always keen to, uh, to emphasize the fact that we're not providing full spectrum primary care. And my wish is for every member of our community to have that. Right. And, and part of that, the primary care and part of the VTech system does involve nurse practitioners, does it not? Do you have access to, do rural residents in Renfrew County have access to nurse practitioners for appointments? So we do have a, a number of primary care teams. So uh, as you know, there are different models of, of primary care across Ontario. So family health team, family health centres, and family health clinics. These are slightly different models of, um, of the way primary care is delivered. So there are some of those across the county and, and embedded within those teams are nurse practitioners. So yes, there are examples where for, for some people, their, their primary care provider is a, is a nurse practitioner. Right, because I, I think it's part of the, um, as you mentioned, the solution is not one size fits all, right? There's a number of different things, and maybe the VTEC model can evolve into part of that solution when we look at uh, rural Canada's primary health care needs. You're absolutely right. There, There is not one size fits all. There is not a single solution to this problem. And it does seem to me, uh, doctor, that really in Renfrew County, and as I, I mentioned, they, you know, lots of different innovative things happening there in addition to VTAC, but it, it comes back to that collaborative model. And I wonder if communities that uh, across Canada that might be interested in pursuing more pilot projects that can meet their unique needs, what are some steps they should take both in the, you know, inside and outside of the medical system in terms of community leadership and that sort of thing? Like what happened that allowed that that culture to grow in Renfrew County that we might take steps to try to nurture in other rural communities across Canada to bring about innovation in their healthcare needs? Well, I think... Um... I think I've already mentioned that, you know, we had some existing relationships, whether it was with the paramedics or other healthcare providers, the mental health organizations, palliative care. You know, we, we, we have spent time nurturing those relationships, but I think it's also important to recognize that these were unique circumstances. There was an intensity that came with the, uh, the onset of the, the pandemic, and there was also both a, a sense of trust and permission from our political leaders and the accompanying finances or funding to, to set these things up quickly. So VTAC, you know, AC stands for Assessment Centre. We are an official Ontario Assessment Centre. And with that comes funding from the provincial government. So you can't escape that. You need mm-hmm. all of those elements. So the, the permission and the uh, the freedom to to develop these issues uh, or these projects rather along with sort of funding to get things going from the provincial government was available to us at the start of the pandemic but then we were able to utilize the relationships and the cooperation and coordination um, that we'd been you know starting to develop over over the years but really put it into practice quickly um, so I think it's all of those elements. But, you know, you mentioned what can small communities or rural communities do now? Well, nurture those relationships, you know, family doctors, community paramedics, mental health workers, or all of the intricate parts of community medicine come together with public health, come together with the hospitals. 
trying to have those relationships ready to go so that when projects are, and ideas are put forward to the people that hold the purse strings, they're going to see that that sort of team is uh, is an effective and efficient one and is, and is going to make a, a good go at, at developing these projects and putting them into practice. Well, it's an inspiring model for sure. You know, whether it in its its current uh, structure suits, it might not suit you know, other communities the same, but in, in what you achieved with what you, uh, the culture you had there with the Department of Health coming on board, uh, it's an inspiring story for others. And we thank you very much for sharing it with us today. And uh, I look forward to following to see it's still early days and to see how this model uh, evolves over time. Thanks, Helen. Nice talking to you. Thanks. Bye-bye. And thanks to all of you for joining us this week. The World Spark team includes content producer Catherine Murphy and technical producer Tara Seabarth. Music by Jason Shaw. We wish you all the very best for the week ahead in your part of rural Canada. <laughs>